It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast and the Locked On Broncos podcast. It's yet another Locked On NFL crossover Thursday here. And our crossover Thursdays are presented by our friends at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is so much fun. It's easy to play, no competing with other players. It's just you versus the projections available. Pick two to five players if they score more or less than their prize picks projection. You can win up to 10 times your money on your entry. It can literally take less than 60 seconds to enter. It's that easy. We love prize picks, and we know that you will too. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. Again, Locked On NFL Crossover Thursday, Locked On Panthers, Locked On Broncos. I'm your host here of Locked On Panthers, Julian Council, joined by one of the hosts of Locked On Broncos, Sarah Bettinger. Sarah, how you doing, man? Doing great, doing great. Excited for this matchup. I know you hyped it up. Two of the worst offenses in the league. Maybe, I mean, maybe it'll be a great defensive game. We'll see. I'm sure it will be. Uh, I hear Sam Darnold is getting ready to put, to play this weekend. So the last time the Broncos faced off against him, it was like they were playing the second coming of Mike Vick back when he was with the New York Jets and it was Thursday night football. So, man, I, I'm ready for pretty much anything at this point. You know, we've come to expect uh, a lot of weird stuff from the Broncos this year, but it should be a fun weekend. Yeah, hyped is not the word I'm going to use for this matchup on Sunday. <laughs> uh, I'm at the point where it's not just get me to the bye, it's get me to the end of this season so the Carolina Panthers can find a new head coach and a new quarterback as it has not gone as planned for the former head coach, Matt Rule, who's been doing the media rounds this week, talking about why things didn't work out in Carolina. One of those things is you brought in Sam Darnold and he was just as bad as he was in New York. And of course, Baker Mayfield did not work out here in Carolina as well. So looking at this matchup, heading into it, what's the biggest storyline for the Denver Broncos as they travel to Carolina? Oh, man, it's going to be, I feel like a broken record with this one. But I mean, maybe for the listeners of Locked On Panthers will be interested to know. We're kind of all just waiting to see, like, when are we going to start to see positive returns on the Russell Wilson investment? Because really, over the course of the offseason, everybody's hype and, and excitement just climbed daily. When You know, you bring a guy like Russell Wilson in after having Paxton Lynch and Drew Locke and Brandon Allen and all these different guys bring a guy like Russell Wilson and everybody's buying the jerseys. They're selling out online. You know, you're getting ready for the season. Everybody's excited. And then now you're dead last in the NFL and scoring the, the passing game. There's been one touchdown pass thrown in Denver this season, and, and it's just been really bad. So the biggest storyline is, I mean, can Russell Wilson finally figure it out? It's going to be week two running Clint Kubiak's version of calling plays for this offense after Nathaniel Hackett gave that up, which that's a whole nother crazy thing going on. I know Matt Rule is already out in Carolina. Nathaniel Hackett could be the next guy, but it's just uh, right now, Russell Wilson, the biggest storyline, everything in Denver revolves around him figuring things out and looking like the guy that they traded for. 
Yeah, well, Russell's obviously not going anywhere when he's under contract until 2025, correct? So you mentioned it there, Nathaniel Hackett. Could he be the next fired coach? Do you think that he's likely out the door there in Denver? I think by the time the season is over, for sure. And if the losing continues, I think that could be one of those situations. I think there's not been that many coaches in their first year on the job fired in their first year, but he could join that short list. I mean, the the new ownership group in Denver, like they they just paid how many mil- billions for the team? Four point six five billion or something like that. And it's just they're sitting there on the sidelines and in their booths every single weekend watching this team, listening to the fans boo their team off the field at home. And and it's just tough. So you got to imagine that if there's options out there that George Payton, the general manager in Denver, likes or that he's kind of already got a short list made. You could definitely see that happening before the end of the season. But I think for sure at the end of the season, barring the team like winning seven straight games or something like that, I think by the time the season is over, I think he will be one and done. Yeah, I was wondering, too, when uh, coaches were interviewing for that job, knowing the team was up for sale, if that was a job that coaches wanted to take. I understand the allure of the Denver Broncos. And, of course, when Russell Wilson got there, that that's a coach. That's a, play, that's a player, rather, you want to you be able to coach. And that's a franchise you want to be at. But you don't know who's going to own the team. You don't know who your boss is going to be. And it seems like for Nathaniel Hackett, it's not going to work out. Of course, if he was winning games, then we probably wouldn't be having this conversation right now. As far as the top storyline here in Carolina, you talk about it. Sam Darnold going to get the start for the Carolina Panthers on Sunday against the Broncos. Steve Wilkes, interim head coach, told us on Monday that he wouldn't know until Wednesday. But he came out on Tuesday and said, yeah, it's going to be Sam Darnold. It's (laughs) not all that surprising Baker Mayfield has not been good in his six starts this season. Had another start on Sunday against the Ravens in that 13-3 loss. Two more interceptions in that game. Baker hasn't been accurate. The offense has been one of the worst in the league, and he just has not been able to move the field, football down the field. Has not been the player that the Panthers hoped that he could be when he got here and he won the job over Sam Darnold. So it's time to move on. The Panthers don't benefit by playing Baker Mayfield the rest of the way, considering that if he plays 70% of the snaps, that conditional fifth-round pick in 2024 becomes a fourth-round pick. Will will that fourth-round pick really amount to? Not quite sure, but no reason for us to find out by getting rid of it by still playing Baker Mayfield here. P.J. Walker had taken over and been the starter when Baker went down with an ankle injury. P.J. has his own ankle injury at this point in time but also hasn't really shown that he's going to be the future here in Carolina long-term. So why not see what Sam Donald can do in Rapport of NFL Network reported when Sam Donald came off of IR after he also had an ankle injury. Three guys on this roster, all of high ankle sprains, all suffered at Bank of America Stadium. So beware, Russell Wilson, don't let your ankle be next. Um, but now trying to see what Sam Donald can provide for the Carolina Panthers potentially as a backup. I don't think he has a future ever as a starter for the Panthers or anyone in the league. So seeing what he can do on Sunday and over the course of the next six games, that will be uh, the key storyline for the Carolina Panthers as there's not much else to really watch with this team the rest of the way other than, hey, where are they at as far as draft position and which quarterback might they be able to take come April in the NFL draft? Yeah, and that's one of the interesting things to me. It's like there's all these building blocks for Carolina defensively, right? So I guess what are your building blocks offensively right now? Is there, other than Equanu, the the new left tackle, the new offensive lineman they just picked up this year, obviously DJ Moore, that situation's got kind of sticky. Where are those building blocks for Carolina as you kind of look forward to the future here? Yeah, and that's pretty much it. Iki Iquanu, they took six overall out of NC State, and he's from the Charlotte area, so it's great to have a player like that. And he's been tremendous over the last nine weeks. I think he has not given up a single sack. He's been awesome. Um, DJ Moore, 
It's been his worst season of his career, but the quarterback play has been god-awful. But he's been able to overcome that over the last couple of seasons, having three consecutive 1,200-yard receiving seasons up until this year. So unless he goes bonkers over the next six games, which I don't think is going to happen, DJ's not going to have another 1,000-yard receiving season. So those guys certainly are. The entirety of the offensive line is under contract for next season, and they've been much better than what they've been over the last couple of seasons. So the Panthers do have that to build around when they look into the draft and bring a new quarterback and certainly could use a pass catching tight end and probably another wide receiver among an entire new coaching staff here in Carolina. <laughs> so there was a top storyline for the Panthers and Broncos heading into Sunday's matchup at bank of America stadium between the Panthers and the Broncos Take a quick pause here on the show, then come back and look at some of the key storylines. Not storylines, but matchups rather involving the Panthers and Broncos matchup at one o'clock on Sunday. But before we do that, this episode of Locked On Panthers and Locked On Broncos is sponsored by BetterHelp Therapy Online. Unfortunately, life doesn't come with a user manual. So when it's not working for you, it's normal to feel stuck. Therapists are trained to help you figure out the cause of challenging emotions and learn productive coping skills, which makes therapy the closest thing to a guided tour of the complex engine called you. BetterHelp has connected over 3 million people with licensed therapists. It's convenient, secure, and accessible anywhere, 100% online. Everyone deserves to feel better. BetterHelp makes it easier to get started. As the world's largest therapy service, they've matched millions of people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists available 100% online. All the benefits of in-person therapy, plus it's more convenient, more accessible, and more affordable. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to match with a therapist. If things aren't clicking, it's okay. You can easily switch to a new therapist anytime. It couldn't be simpler. No waiting rooms, no traffic, no endless searching for the right therapist. Get unstuck with BetterHelp. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash locked on. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash locked on. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, back here on Locked On Panthers and Locked On Broncos. Julian Council, host of Locked On Panthers, and Sarah Bettinger, one of the hosts of Locked On Broncos, as Cody Rourke, I guess, didn't have time to hang out with us and chop it up and talk about the Panthers-Broncos <laughs> matchup on Sunday. And honestly, I don't blame him because there's not much I'm looking forward to this matchup. A 3-7 and seven team of the Broncos who have been probably the league's biggest disappointment up until this point in time. I'm sorry to say that to you, Sarah, and all the Bronco fans out there, but I don't think you necessarily disagree. And in the Carolina Panthers, not necessarily a disappointment because a lot of the uh, power rankings going into the season had them among the worst team in the NFL, and they have proved to be among one of the worst teams in the NFL heading into Sunday's matchup against Denver. Uh, what are some of the key matchups you're looking at as far as the Broncos and Panthers on Sunday, Sarah? Yeah, I think when the Broncos are on offense, Julian, it's going to be really about whether the Broncos wide receivers can win against the Panthers defensive backs. That's been a kind of a 
problem area all season long. And there's a couple reasons for that. First and foremost, you lost one of your best receivers all the way back in training camp, Tim Patrick. He's a guy that the Broncos obviously relied on a lot more than pretty much anybody realized, whether that's even among Broncos country or national people or whatever the case may be. Tim Patrick has been a critical loss for this team. And I was just talking about it earlier in the week with Cody as well. You know, Corland Sutton has not really stepped in as that go-to wide receiver one for the Denver Broncos like many thought that he would be or could be or should be. So really this week, it's going to be about seeing, first of all, Cortland Sutton, can he win his matchups out there? But whoever plays along with him, because right now we, we don't really know. We don't know, is Jerry Judy going to play? Is KJ Hamler going to play? Is it going to be Kendall Hinton out there again? getting some more work and, and playing one of those key roles? Is it going to be rookies like Jalen Virgil and, and, and Brandon Johnson or maybe even Montreal Washington? The Broncos have to find some guys that can go out there and make some plays because there's plays to be made. And unfortunately, either the wide receivers aren't making the plays or Russell's missing them. And that's just been that's been such a brutal piece for the Broncos this year offensively. They're just not connected. They're not in sync. They don't have that chemistry yet for whatever reason. So I, I guess everything it's it's new, but we a lot of times we see, you know, new quarterbacks, new receivers come into certain situations like Tyreek Hill and the Miami Dolphins. That seems to be going pretty well. So uh, but not every situation is the same. We get it. Defensively, it's gonna be all about the Broncos winning in the pass rush department off the edge. I think that's been my favorite you know, matchup to watch all season long in terms of who is going to be out there. How is defensive coordinator Ezero Evero going to match these guys up this past week against the Raiders? We saw a lot of Nick Benito and, and Baron Browning on the same side or, you know, just different things like that. And that is so fascinating to me because th this team finds ways to rush the quarterback in a variety of different ways. They may bring Josie Jewell and Alex Singleton on blitzes, but really winning off the edge. When the Broncos are doing that consistently, they seem to be dominant defensively. So that's going to be what I'm looking for in this game. Can they be dominant off the edge and win, again, those one-on-one -on -one matchups in the pass rush department? Yeah, you bring up the struggles at wide receiver. I know the focus has been on Nathaniel Hackett and Russell Wilson. I mean, how big of a role have they played in this offense's inefficiency so far this season, you think? I, I think it's been pretty large, honestly. I, nobody really wants to say because, you, I mean, at this point, you're tied to Russell Wilson, right? So, right. I mean, there's that's the bed you've made. you got to sleep in it, and that's where the Broncos are at. So, like, you, you have to kind of force yourself to think, okay, Russell Wilson can't be the problem because he can't. He's here for the next four years, you know, so it has to be everything else. But, Russ, when you look back at the tape, I mean, he is missing some guys downfield throughout the course of a game, and – I've been trying to 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 kind of articulate the fact that it's it's kind of like the compound effect in a negative way, right? You're you, Russell Wilson will complete a pass on first down for you know six or seven yards, and then all of a sudden you have a, a block in the back, like we saw last week from Cortland Sutton, or you'll have a false start, or you'll have a holding penalty. Now all of a sudden you're you're back behind the sticks again, and he's having to make these tougher downfield throws, and he's either not seeing them, defenses are pinning their ears back. So I think there's a lot of different factors that go into this but as we saw this past weekend Clint Kubiak taking over the play calling I just felt like Russ looked a lot more comfortable he looked a lot more like himself so to speak you know going back to what we knew him as when he was with the Seattle Seahawks just kind of playing a little bit more loose out there doing a little bit more off script which is ironically we had not seen a lot of that early on in his time with the Broncos I mean not that he has to go out there and play backyard football all the time 
but just way less off script. It, it kind of felt like he was forcing, uh, uh, you know, the square peg into the round hole analogy type of thing, and it wasn't working. So I think it's a combination, but I think it, it's mostly at this point a, a group effort. If, if that's, I don't know if that's a cop out answer, but I don't think Russ is the one to blame. I don't think it's just Hackett. I don't think it's just the receivers. I think it's not just the offensive line. It's just everybody is not on the same page. But I do think that starts with your head coach, Nathaniel Hackett. Yeah, and here in Carolina, it sounds similar in, in the way of, uh, I don't think the expectation of quarterback obviously is as high. Well, I know it definitely was not as high as it was for Russell in Denver, but it's been an all-around organizational failure offensively that's led to them being one of the worst offenses. I know that right now the Broncos are last in the league in scoring offense, and the Carolina Panthers aren't that much above them at averaging 18 points a game, I think 25th in the league right now. But as far as the matchup I'm looking at, I want to see what Sam Darnold can do against this defense, which I saw is, what, the number three scoring defense, number three total defense, and the number one red zone defense. And the Panthers aren't great red zone offense-wise. They're not great scoring the football. They're just not great overall as an offense. But we have asked ourselves here in Carolina, if Sam Darnold played behind a good offensive line, what could he do? Because he's 6'3", he's got a good arm, he seems like he has all the tools that you want from a quarterback in this league. There's a reason why he was drafted number three overall out of USC by the Jets. There's a reason why the Panthers gave up the second, fourth, and sixth round picks in 2021 to bring him over here from New York. There's a reason why he's getting the nod on Sunday and why there's a thought that, hey, there could still be a future here in Carolina for Sam. Maybe not as a starter, but as a backup. And who knows what the future holds if he stays on this roster long term. So I want to see what Sam can do against the Broncos defense that has been really good this season. And if he can be able to stabilize this offense that has been terrible at like PJ Walker, what's much better than Baker, but certainly as we saw, there's limitations with PJ. He can be fun to watch, but he also can put the football in harm's way. And Sam Darnold has done that more than anyone else since he entered the league back in 2018, including Baker Mayfield, who's drafted two spots ahead of him by the Cleveland Browns. So really the matchup we'll be looking at is Sam Darnold. And I'm, I'm really rooting for the guy because I was someone who hated the Carolina Panthers trading for him because I saw how bad he was in New York. And you look at the history of the league, guys who are that bad in their first three years just do not magically turn things around and then become a competent quarterback. He wasn't competent last year, but especially don't become an above average and a excellent starting quarterback in this league. So my hope is for Sam that he actually can go out there, play well against what should be a very tough test in those Denver Broncos on Sunday. And that is going to be really interesting to see because he he's played pretty dang good against the Broncos. I don't know exactly off the top of my head how many times he's played against them. And I know all of those games were with the New York Jets, but he pretty typically always made a lot of plays against the Broncos. And that was, I mean, in 2020, that was against Vic Fangio's defense. And so, I mean, he's been out there. He he can do things with his legs. And I remember, I mean, Broncos had a top five pick when he was coming out. So like we all watched Sam Darnold every week coming out of USC thinking that he okay if he lasts to five like he could that, that's kind of like John Elway's you know typical guy back at the time so he was a guy that I think a lot of people even when the Jets were trading him a lot of Broncos fans still were in love with Sam Darnold and his you know playmaking abilities kind of just like when he was coming out of USC kind of reminded me of Jameis Winston and the fact of like you see all these great flashes you know and, and things that he can do and then all of a sudden he's he's fumbling the ball three times or throwing four interceptions in a game and it's like is that really a top five draft pick I don't know it'll be fascinating to see because I know a lot, another guy that you know struggled early on in his career with the New York Jets Geno Smith he's having a ton of success now so not common to see that kind of turnaround but 
I guess you never know in today's NFL. That's got to be pretty humbling to say, right? Uh, seeing how Gino is playing better than the guy you guys gave up all those picks. That's that's tough, man. Brutal. I, I got a good friend who's a Broncos fan. He is uh, he's not in a good place. I'll just leave it at that. Um, and yeah. now there are these teams at this point in time. And we'll, we'll take another quick pause here, and we'll come back and we'll continue to break down the matchup. Maybe give our predictions. Look at what the uh, the line is, and the best place to go check out. All of the lines is over at Bet Online, where I believe this opened at two and a half in the Broncos' favor. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info this season. You guys have stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer. The World Cup going on in Qatar. I don't know if you watched the game on Monday, Sarah, but the U.S. men's national team needed to get all three of those points. Should have taken care of business. Did not do that. That's okay. Let's go beat England on Sunday they, or on Friday, rather. Um, they also have eSports. They got you all covered at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts like ours, you can find those as well at BetOnline. They're the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fixed. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. This episode of Locked On Panthers and Locked On Broncos is also brought to you by Simply Safe. If you've thought about securing your home with home security but have been putting it off, you'll want to listen up right now. Locked On Panthers and Locked On Broncos listeners can order the number one rated Simply Safe home security system for 50% off. This is their biggest offer of the year. You won't want to miss it. Simply Safe was named the best home security system of 2022 by U.S. News and World Report, a third year in a row. In an emergency, 24-7 professional monitoring agents use Fast Protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe to capture critical evidence and verify the threat is real so you can get priority police response. Simply Safe is home security with advanced systems for every room, window, and door. AC security cameras for inside and outside of your home, smarter ways to detect motion that alert you only when a threat is real, and even hazard sensors that detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. Don't miss your chance to say big on the only security system that I, Julian Council, and I'm going to speak for you too, Sarah, recommend get 50% off any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com slash locked on NFL. This is their biggest discount of the year, so don't wait. At simplysafe.com slash locked on NFL, there's no safe. Like simply say. All right, back here on Locked On Panthers, Locked On Broncos, wrapping things up by kind of giving our predictions if you are feeling bold enough to do that. I, I don't ever really love getting to this point in time because I don't want to be on record of feeling a certain way about a team, and especially in a matchup like this where bad offense for the Broncos, bad offense for the Panthers. Good defense for the Broncos can be a good defense for the Panthers, but sometimes have their issues. Certainly were terrific against Lamar Jackson and the Ravens on Sunday. So it's bad versus good on both sides. Not quite sure who I'm favoring. Bet online did favor the Broncos as it opened up at two and a half points as they were the favorites heading into Bank America Stadium on Sunday. I don't know how you're feeling about this there, but uh, as you just heard, I'm not feeling too confident either way. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I don't feel confident whatsoever. I mean, I yeah, I'm making predictions as tough as it is. It's like, well, you know, what do we say? Do we say it's going to be like a three point game like they're saying there? And that's kind of what I you know, the the 2.5 that always indicates to me that the betters, you know, they don't necessarily really even care about the game. They're just like, ah, just a coin flip of these two teams, you know, one way or the other. But I right. feel like, you know, as far as predictions like the, the Broncos, they've 
they've really got no choice at this point. And I don't, I don't know what's going to happen in this game. They've been pretty consistent about this season at times scoring 16 points. That seems to be like their twilight zone number uh, scoring wise. So I don't know what the deal is with that. They've scored 16 points, I think in like five or six games, which is super weird, but they're averaging less than that, which is absolutely awful to watch. Right. So yeah. as far as a prediction for this game, it's kind of just like I, I, I manifest, I try to manifest something good to happen. So like is 20 points crazy to think for the Broncos? Yeah, because they've only done it like once this whole season. So uh, twice, actually, it, it has been twice. They did it against Jacksonville and the Raiders earlier on this year. So I'll say Broncos score 20 points, whether they win or lose. Hey, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen in this game. But like you said, it's kind of just like good on bad on both sides of the ball. Could somebody even get to 20 points in a game like this? Maybe maybe it's first to 20 wins type of situation. Yeah, I would even go lower. I'd say first to 17 wins in uh, over the course of the last three seasons, when the Panthers do give up 17 plus points in a game, they lose. It's been one of the weirder stats. And they're like one in 29 mm. in the last three seasons. Wow. They do that. Now, when they hold teams below 17, they typically win. Now, they didn't do that on Sunday. Uh, the problem was they only scored three points. So I don't think they're only going to score three this week. I don't know what to expect out of Sam Darnold in this offense. I guess if I go based off of history, I would expect turnovers. But then Sam was pretty good. At the beginning of last season when they started off 3-0, we also had Christian McCaffrey back then and was super reliant on him. So we'll see. I, I feel confident in knowing that this is going to be a low-scoring game. In that mm -hmm. offense scoring, it's going to come out of premium. And anytime it happens, whether you're a Panthers fan or a Broncos fan, celebrate it. Even if it's not your team scoring. If someone scores a touchdown, if you're a Broncos <laughs> fan, it doesn't matter. Be happy that you actually right. saw a touchdown in what's not mm -hmm. going to resemble an NFL game. We're going to be looking at Pop Warner football basically on Sunday in my expectation in this game. So I can't really favor either way. I do think it probably comes down to a field goal. The Broncos do have the better kicker, Brandon McManus, Eddie Pinheiro. He's bounced back since he had that awful game against Atlanta a couple of weeks ago. I guess if there's any sort of way to lean, it would be Broncos because they do have the better quarterback in Russell Wilson, even though he's looked pretty washed up this year, but I'm still going to kind of be like, I don't really know. I just expect it to be, a pretty brutal game to watch overall. Now for Carolina moving forward, it'll be interesting to, to watch what happens with Sam Darnold and whether he can prove himself to be someone worth bringing back next year. I don't know either as competition or just probably more so as a backup. What would you be looking at rest of the way here for Denver win or lose with this, this team? Like we talked about the offense not being great. We talked about the, the status of Nathaniel Hackett. I mean, what, what are you kind of watching as at three and seven, it's going to be a tough sell for this team to get to the playoffs unless they finish up. I mean, winning every game, getting a ten and seven or nine and eight. Yeah, I mean, when Cody and I were talking about this early on in the week, I kind of jokingly said, you know, it's evaluation season, and the E is like a number three. Like, who's going to be the people that you want to keep around with Russell Wilson going forward? Is it going to be Clint Kubiak calling plays? Is it going to be Kendall Hinton at receiver? Like, you've got something good in Greg Dulcich at tight end but what about Cortland Sutton like is even a long-term piece after signing a long-term contract last year Jerry Judy same question for him he's only got one year plus the option left on his deal after this year and he's been injured running back position Latavius Murray he's not a long-term player for for anybody he's 32 going on 33 so it's really just about which guys fit the best with Russell Wilson especially I think in maybe more specifically in the passing game at receiver at tight end who does he build chemistry with who does he look comfortable with 
right now I would say Kendall Hinton is that guy to watch. He's He's been kind of building up some really, really good tape these last couple of weeks, doing some nice things. He had a couple of missed opportunities against the Raiders, but I think that's the main thing is evaluating who's going to stick around with Russ because we know Russell's sticking around. And, and Nathaniel Hackett, I would say he's got one foot out the door. The rest of the offensive coaching staff, not so sure. Probably the same other than Clint Kubiak, who was brought in by general manager George Payton, familiarity in Minnesota there. So it's going to be interesting to see, but I think it all revolves around number three. Yeah, and at least you have the benefit of knowing who your quarterback's going to be. Now, you're, of course, hoping that you can get the Russell that you thought you were trading for at, mm -hmm. at maybe the next seven games or sometime next year. But, of course, the sooner the better for the Broncos and the Panthers would love to know who they're going to have at quarterback. But, obviously, they're also in the evaluation stage, and Sam Darnold is a part of that. I, again, I don't think he's going to be – here to start next season, but maybe he could be a backup. I think he does add value. He's a former top three pick. So is Baker. I just don't think the whole Baker thing's going to work. And Sam's been here long enough under this general manager, Scott Fitter, who's in his second season. And Scott looks like he's going to retain his job and he'll be able to be in the meeting room with David Tepper, the owner here, and find that next head coach. But uh, Sam, I think, could be someone who could sit back here, be a veteran, who started, who knows what it's like to struggle as a rookie and really, I mean, as a starting quarterback in this league and maybe can give some guidance and some wisdom. So again, my hope is that he plays well over the course of the next six games. And Steve Wilkes is the interim head coach here. He would still love to get a job and be the head coach. And Matt rule apparently was on a uh, good morning football on Tuesday morning saying that Steve Wilkes deserves an opportunity, um, which sure he deserves one more than Matt rule did considering he actually had an NFL background, but we'll see how that works out. Wilkes is a Charlotte guy. Got a raw deal in Arizona. Didn't have a great situation there. Hasn't been a great situation here in Carolina since he's taken over for rule over the course of the last six weeks. So we'll see what happens with him moving forward. If this team can play well defensively like they've had, if maybe the offense can just look average of Sam Darnold, it's possible in a bad NFC South, they can still be in a conversation with two divisional games left against Atlanta and New Orleans in the last, or sorry, against New Orleans and Tampa in the last two weeks. But it's also far more likely that they're going to be looking for a new quarterback. So also who out there might be worth keeping around here in Carolina as both the Broncos and the Panthers are in evaluation mode, which is never where you want to be come December and oh. the holidays there in the NFL season. We're <laughs> used to it. And you guys have become used to it too. Like since yeah. 2015, when y'all beat us in the Super Bowl, it's been downhill for both organizations. Can't find a quarterback. Can't figure anything out. The defensively been fine. But damn, dude, it's it sucks to see. But hey, that's that's where we're at, mm. and hopefully we get an enjoyable game on Sunday. I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah, um, right. It, you know, it's tough times. It is, but it, they make us stronger. But we say keep pounding. I don't know what y'all say. I guess uh, let's ride. <laughs> let's ride. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the worst. That's the worst. But yeah. uh, Sarah enjoyed it. All the all the listeners out there, follow Locked On Panthers and Locked On Broncos wherever you listen to your podcast. Rate, review, subscribe there. You can also check us out on our Locked On Panthers and our Locked On Broncos YouTube channels. Check out every single episode there. I go live after the games. Not sure what y'all do, but I'm sure you guys put out a ton of great content there on Locked On Broncos with Sarah and with Cody, who is uh, not nice enough to join us today. Everyone, <laughs> enjoy your Thanksgiving. Be safe out there. Be happy. Tell your loved ones that you love them. And please, for the love of God, come Friday. Don't be out there at a Best Buy fighting someone for a 70-inch screen. You, you don't need that. 
let's not get too caught up in the material things. Tell everybody you love them and also prepare yourselves for what could be a rough game on Sunday. So for Sarah Bettinger, I'm Julian Council. This has been yet another Locked On NFL crossover episode brought to you by our friends over at Price Picks for Locked On Panthers and Locked On Broncos. Enjoy your holiday. We'll talk to you when we talk to you. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.